There are question marks about Chandler Morris being the full-time star of the season for TCU, but is he stepping in to a conference race filled with a lot of questions at the quarterback position? We'll talk about that next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. You can subscribe on YouTube, also wherever it is you get your podcast and its audio variety. Uh, and we're talking QBs again today, which we talked to QBs a lot this offseason. It's always a good topic. It's always a hot topic. There are question marks around Chandler Morris stepping into – you know, really his first season as a full-time starter was prepared to do that last year before the injury in the first half or early in the second half against Colorado. But the Athletic did a piece today about just kind of resetting and, and looking at all the QBs in the Big 12 Conference for the upcoming season. And I was surprised at how many teams were similarly, you know, coming into the year with a lot of questions on the quarterback position. So we'll just kind of go team by team here. They started with Baylor. And, of course, Baylor Blake Shapin was a starter last season. Um, really up and down year. was inconsistent. Bears ended up finishing 6-7, and seven, lost to Air Force. Of course, this Frog fans know uh, at Amon G. Carter Stadium. And I think the, that was that super cold night. I feel like the temperature was like the wind chill was like in the negatives. Great job by Baylor. Um, and it was funny to see them have to play that game in Fort Worth and then lose that triple option offense that Air Force runs. But Shapin, I mean, the arm talent's there. Um, Jeff Grimes and company, not his best, you know, not his best year from the QB position. They also brought in Sora Robertson from Mississippi State, or TCU was uh, going after when he hit the transfer portal. And so they've had a competition. Dave Aranda's an interesting guy. He he went with Shapin last year when Gary Bohannon was, you know, the incumbent, had started the, the previous season and won a Big 12 championship and won a Sugar Bowl. So he's not afraid to make moves. Now, based on what he said after the spring game, it seemed like he was more comfortable with Shapin. Um, so, sometimes people get so caught up in what a guy does in one year, and they don't allow them the space or the ability to maybe improve. Uh, but the decision-making for Blake last year wasn't always great. And, I mean, you can point to that TCU game in Waco. If he gets his head up and sees Ben Sims running across the middle of the field on that third down and just floats the ball out there, and that game's over. And TCU probably, you know, they end up losing the game. Uh, but he decided to tuck the ball and try to get the first down with his legs, and he could not do that. So – Question marks around shape and is he going to be a more consistent player? Can he become a more consistent passer and more productive for Baylor this season? Also, uh, Keaton Slovis, the pit transfer, he is now at BYU. And we are a few years removed now from Slovis really hitting the ground running as a freshman at USC, coming in, having a great season. Um, he ends up losing the job there, transfers to Pitt. Last year, had an up-and-down year, completed about 50% of his passes. Um, you know, had a, a, a pretty good touchdown-interception ratio. Um, but, again, it was just super inconsistent. So now he is um, there with another team. He did throw uh, for 2,400 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. But that season at USC, 3,500 yards, 
30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He was not able to replicate that. BYU replacing Jaron Hall, who was a multi-year starter for them. And so, again, another team with question marks. Can Keaton Slovis find that magic that he had in Southern California a few years ago? Another player, a lot of arm talent, and, you know, was kind of projected to be a future first-round pick. Did not look like that guy last year. Cincinnati, they also have a transfer quarterback, Emory Jones. He was at Florida and battled out Anthony Richardson for that job, eventually left. Um, he steps in after Ben Bryant transferred from Northwestern. Emory's a, a six-year player, so a lot of experience. Um, he's there with Scott Satterfield, who came over from Louisville. and will be in his first season this year. In 2021, Jones played a lot for Florida. He threw for over 27 yards, 2,700 yards, excuse me and added 750 yards on the ground. So big year for him as a dual threat guy running the football. But once again, new player, new system, new team, a lot of questions around that as well. Uh, Houston, they got Donovan Smith coming in, another transfer. That's a theme, the Texas Tech transfer. And I was always impressed with Donovan Smith. You know, he sipped in last year for a few games, uh, started that game when they beat Texas at home. In overtime, he's big, he's physical, he can run, he's got a big arm. I was shocked that they ended up, you know, kind of moving on. They had Baron Morton as well, also Tyler Shuck. Um, I really thought Donovan was one of the more dynamic players, and so I would have some hope for him there at Houston. But once again, you're talking about a new guy, new system, walking into a Houston team. Um, that's honestly been kind of disappointing since Dana Holgerson took over, which surprised me because I thought that was a home run higher when they landed him. Iowa State, Hunter Deckers put up big numbers last year. Uh, Iowa State had a really down season, um, but he threw the ball around pretty well. Uh, you know, they they did lose, uh, you know, that great – oh, gosh, he was that great wide receiver from, uh, from Iowa State last year. Um, that was so good for them, but – Overall, a really good season for Hunter Deckers from Xavier Hutchinson is who I'm thinking of. Really good season from Hunter Deckers from a uh, stat standpoint, just not so much on the winning and losing part. He's got to cut down on the interceptions. Uh, but I think he could be a guy that you see emerge as, oh, he had a better season than I thought um, just because he got so much experience last year and played well. Now we start to get some of the guys that are returning. Kansas, Jalen Daniels. Um, Jalen Daniels, a fantastic last year, electric player, 2,014 yards throwing, 18 touchdowns, only four interceptions last season. But really, you know, he is so good running the football, uh, 419 yards on the ground. He got injured in that TCU game when uh, TCU played them in Lawrence. Jason Bean came in and threw the ball really well. Lance Leipold, great coach. You know, they run that kind of weird triple option, funky spread. They use their tight ends. They use their inside receivers. Um, they make some easy throws for the quarterback with all the window dressing that they do pre-snap. But Daniels is an established starter. He's one of those guys that you look at and say, man, this could be a dude coming back. That has a big season. Will Howard returning for Kansas State. Um, you know, Will, he's he's pretty steady. The numbers aren't just going to flash off the page. He did throw 15 touchdowns, only four picks last year. But that being said, they were so much better with Will Howard under center than Adrian Martinez last year. Um, and he's not the most dynamic player in the world, but he gets the job done. I am curious to see what he can do without Deuce Vaughn in the backfield because I think that's a huge loss, obviously. 
Um, and Kansas State does have a really experienced and good offensive line, which should help set a good foundation for them. But losing such a big playmaker will be a huge loss. Uh, the Sooners, they have Dylan Gabriel, the UCF transfer. Um, he hit, threw for 3,100 yards, 25 touchdowns, six picks last season, second year under Jeff Levy running that offense. Uh, Gabriel expect to have a big season. OU fans sometimes like to think about, oh, what would have happened if he stayed healthy? You know, he also got hurt in that TCU game this past season. The score was 34-10. TCU was all over OU from the jump last year. Uh, but I do think Gabriel's a guy that, again, is going to put up huge numbers uh, this upcoming season. Oklahoma State, really soft schedule for the Pokes this year. And I'm, I'm still perplexed at how this all shook out. But they ended up with Alan Bowman at quarterback, another transfer player. Bowman was at Texas Tech. Last few years, he backed up J.J. McCartney at uh, Michigan. And now he's getting a chance to start again. And so he'll be there at Oklahoma State. The biggest wild card to me, Quinn Ewers at Texas. Um, last season, 2,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, six picks. And, I mean, Quinn can make some big-time throws. But he was so bad at times last year. And so I really don't know what to expect from him. I think he's definitely, you know, can grow and develop and improve. Um, but you just think about that TCU game. Like TCU was able to really sell out, shut down Bijan, and it was up to Quinn making plays, overthrew Xavier Worthy a few times, just could not make things happen. TCU defense had a great night, obviously. Um, you know, he had that broken hand or, or yeah, I think it was broken hand in the Kent Oklahoma State game. And Stillwater, I don't know if that bothered him in the back half of the season, but Quinn was so up and down. But to me, he is a wild card because that Texas team is loaded from a roster standpoint. And if he plays well, like if he just plays decently, that's a team with a very high ceiling this upcoming year. Texas Tech, Tyler Shook expected to take over. Baron Morton also um, got a lot of experience last season. You know, they run that up-tempo offense. I've never been super impressed with Tyler Shuck. I know when he made that move from Morgan a few years back, there was speculation he would be a first-round pick. Um, Tyler Shuck does not put a lot of fear into me, and he's been playing college football for a long time. So I think to a certain extent he is just one of those guys that uh, that is who he is. But we'll see sort of how that plays out when the season starts. John Plumley from UCF. Um, old Miss transfer through for 2,586 yards last year. Also ran for 862, um, led the Knights to a 9 and 5 record. So, experienced player, big time production last season. They're going to hurry up offense. They're going to use him in a variety of different ways. True dual threat guy. That's a name to know from you know the new faces in the Big 12. John Plumley, the former Old Miss QB, who is now at UCF and will be. Uh, stepping into a second season of the starter. And then a competition in West Virginia, Garrett Green um, and Nico Marcoli, winner not expected to be named until this fall. Neil Brown under a lot of pressure there at WVU to try to get this thing back on track. I say all this to say, um, while there are questions about Chandler Morris as the QB in 2023, and there should be to a certain extent, I think he can excel and be a good player. And there are so many other teams in this league that are also battling some QB questions. Um, TCU's not alone in that regard. And really it's going to be about, you know, who can build a good foundation around these new quarterbacks and set them up in positions to succeed. That's going to be the huge difference. And I like 
the chances of Sonny Dykes and Kendall Bryles doing that, and I like the chances of Chandler Morris being ready for prime time when they open the season against Colorado. Well, maybe not prime time. I'll tell you about the kickoff time for TCU and Colorado in a moment. We'll also shift our attention to basketball. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk to you about FanDuel. FanDuel is where it is. They're the official betting partner of the NBA. NHL playoffs also going on. You see got my Dallas Stars hat on because tonight the Stars wrapped it up. They win game seven against Seattle Kraken 2-1. to one. They'll now take on Vegas and the Western Conference Finals. If you want to bet on that series starting Friday night, you should download the FanDuel app. You can also go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to take advantage of their no-sweat first bet deal. What does that mean? Um, well, you just make a bet as small as $5, and if you lose out on that bet, don't worry. You can still make things happen. At FanDuel, you can get up to $1,000 possibly in bonus bets, so a really good deal there. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also, the FanDuel app. Again, it's safe, secure, and easy to use, which is the best thing about it. FanDuel, where the game starts. Official sponsor and proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs. We're going to talk some basketball in a minute. I do want to mention, though, uh, TCU football. They're going to start the season against Deion Sanders in Colorado as part of Fox's big noon kickoff, uh, the game of the week on Fox. It'll be happening at 11 a.m. That means the Fox studio crew will be there on site, I assume, in Fort Worth before the game. And then uh, Joel Klatt, I think that's Gus Johnson, the crew that does that game, calls it. Um, and so in September, it's going to be really, really hot. Um, I've, I know people that tailgate and people that just love to go to games hate the 11 a.m. kickoff. I don't mind it. I do mind it a lot more um, in – early, you know, late summer, early fall, because it's going to be so hot at the Carter. Um, but I've always said the cool thing about 11 a.m. games in my mind is get the game out of the way, and then you can just, you know, indulge college football for the rest of the day. And I think it should be a game that TCU wins comfortably. So we'll see how that all plays out when the season starts. Uh, man, it's coming fast. We're only a few months away. That's exciting. TCU football will be back in action soon enough, but an 11 a.m. kick against Colorado. Um, kind of coming back to TCU basketball for a moment. They've been active in the transfer portal as well, and it's clear that Jamie Dixon wants to add a big man. And so how are they going to do that? I talked last week about Warren Washington, the Arizona State transfer. That was a candidate. Um, he committed to Texas Tech over the weekend. So Warren Washington off the market, the seven-footer who played at Arizona State last year. Um, disappointing because I think Warren was the guy that could have made such an immediate impact with all the experience he has in college basketball. And he's also a great rim protector. But uh, CC was able to get him in for a visit. He ends up going with Texas Tech instead. So Jamie Plunkett, uh, who was formerly a Frogs today and is now just kind of doing his own thing, um, he says that TCU Hoops is focused on two big names in the portal. Damian Collins, the power forward slash center from Kentucky, who visited campus on Friday. And then it's Ernest Udea Jr. from KU. Both of these are young, um, big men in the portal. Uh, Damian Collins is 6'9", 210 pounds. And he went to Atlanta, Texas for his high school ball. So uh, East Texas kid will be coming back home which would be exciting. Hasn't played much for Kentucky so far, um, but has off the charts, off the charts, excuse me, athleticism, can play that power forward position, can play um, 
that center position, has long arms, quick off the floor, really explosive, has good hands, can finish around the rim. And so that would be a big-time addition. Um, Ernest Rudea played some for KU, averaged about two points a game last season, two rebounds. Um, so played sparingly. Again, another big man, uh, 6'10", 230, um, from Orlando, Florida. Originally has a 7'2 wingspan, quality athlete for a center, good defender as well. So both these guys would be big pickups because, you know, it helps you in the immediate future, but also gives you a player that you can kind of develop and count on moving forward. So we'll see if TCU can land either of them. Another big man from Kansas that was in the portal, Zuby Achai, for he was supposed to visit TCU later this month, but he actually committed to St. John's today, Rick Patino. And St. John's, they land the KU big men. So I imagine he'll cancel that visit and just sort of move on. We'll see how that plays out. But TCU basketball still active in the portal, also still waiting on the decision of Emmanuel Miller and um, Damian Ball. I did see Emmanuel Miller got invited to one of the Mavericks G League events that they have coming up in the pre-draft workout process. So if I had to guess, I think Emmanuel will probably be gone. But we'll see, you know, what kind of feedback he gets and how he's feeling. Damian Ball would be a huge get if they could get him back for one more season at that guard position. But uh, added some guys who can score, added some guys who can handle the ball. And so now you're trying to fill out that front court. Damian Collins and Ernest Udaya appear to be the guys they are chasing after right now. So exciting stuff on the TCU basketball front. We'll keep up with that. They did miss out on Warren Washington, who's headed to Texas Tech. And it appears Zubia Jaifor, who's headed to St. John's, even though no word on if he is actually officially going to cancel that visit or not. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. A couple of housekeeping notes before we go. Uh, TCU men's tennis, they will take on Michigan in the national quarterfinals. That will be on Thursday in Orlando, Florida. Uh, so that'll be exciting. One thing to watch on that front, uh, Luke Famba. He didn't play at all uh, in the first two matches, the round of 64, round of 32, with the regional um, that TCU hosted. They played UTA first, and then got Texas A&M. And then he only played uh, in the doubles portion of the contest against Mississippi State at home in the Super Regional. And so we'll see if he is back. They need him back. Uh, but they're going to get Michigan in the quarters at 6.30 on Thursday Michigan, um, the number seven seed, TCU, the number two seed. And it's kind of funny. It's like a college football playoff reunion. They play, TCU, Michigan play, and then the winner of that will get the winner of Ohio State and Georgia in the final four. So exciting stuff. Good luck to TCU men's tennis. TCU baseball plays Texas State tonight, and so they will look to uh, continue their hot streak. They've won seven of eight. I think they've won now. Uh, five in a row for that sweep of Baylor. And so Texas State and then three games against K-State and then on to the Big 12 tournament, getting to the nitty-gritty here. We'll see if the Frogs can find a way to uh, get hot and reach the postseason. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Um, it's your team every day.